Good morning, everybody as well. Happy Friday for those that are joining us live. Happy whatever day of the week it is for you, wherever it is you join. Thanks so much for joining. We've been in this world of energy. Energy is not even the right word for it, but that's the word we have to use because it's hard to put our fingers in around what this really is. It's our life force. It's not just energy. Like, you know, do you have the energy? This isn't, this isn't a prep. This isn't like a pep rally. You know what I'm saying? This is life. In life, we've got a life force that 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 brings us the ability to bring good things to life. And we have to learn how to use it. And what we were talking yesterday is about this principle that is very much related to the Torah portion of this week, which is one of the famous episodes in history. This is you don't have to be a a scholar, a biblical scholar, to be able to understand this episode of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. It's one of the things we'll be talking about today on the Times Lessons. The story of Adam and Eve is one of the most complex stories. Don't, pl please make no mistake in thinking that the Torah, the Bible, is a bunch of children's stories. Stories are the most sophisticated thing that we've we've ever had to transmit principles. There's nothing that we've ever had in our history that was better at transmitting a message and a principle than a story. If you studied film, if you studied uh, literature, you'll know that the greatest creators were the greatest storytellers. The greatest films that you know are just basically visual representations of stories. The greatest books you ever read are just literary masterpieces that center around the story. Yeah, God's like, yeah, I know. I created the world. I get it. And I had to do these things. I'm going to tell you a story. And if you're wise, you'll crack the story open and find tons and tons of lessons upon lessons. And if you, if you think you're smarter than me, then you'll just sort of like, you know, you'll stick up your nose and, you know, you'll, you'll snob it. But all right. The story of Adam and Eve is a very complex story with millions of lessons, but one of them is the lesson that we're talking about right now, which is a very simple lesson in life. If you want that which is not yours, you'll put at risk of losing that which is. It's that simple. You have things in life. We all have things in life. And it takes a lot of time to develop it and to, and to enhance it and to make it great. And as our eyes start to shift to what we don't have and what somebody else has, we start to put our energy in the wrong places and then we sap our energy. If you have to like go into like the first moment, you know, like you can think of like the sin. How did it start? Right? Remember the story? The snake came to Eve and didn't say like, do you see that apple or whatever the, the, the fruit was? Apples, I think on the, apple didn't even make the top 10, right? The Talmud has, everyone has different opinions, but whatever that fruit is on that tree. The snake's like, isn't that 
doesn't that look delicious? I mean, like, come on. Like, how do you say no to that? It's it's chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Like, he didn't do that. He didn't say, like, oh my gosh, it's right on your hands. Like you can feel the nectar dripping off. Just look at it. It's so look at it. it's like sugar. It's unbelievable. Right? He didn't do that. And say, oh, come on, just take it. You'll die tomorrow. And do that. You know what he said? Remember the story? He said, you know what happens if you eat that fruit? You're going to be like a god. You see what the gods have? They have the ability to know things. Don't you want to be like them? No, he, again, there's only one god. Heavenly bodies, whatever he was referring to. Angels or whatever it was, even if it was just the one God, don't you want to be like God? And what he did was he he managed to take the eyes of Eve, who, by the way, was filled with just total and complete pleasure, right? They were in the Garden of Eden. The trees were beautiful. The scenery was gorgeous. The Medrash tells us that angels were serving them food. The animals were their subjects. They were living it up. But he managed to take somebody from what they have and focus them on what somebody else has. That was the first moment, if you will, of sin. And that one action, seeing what somebody else has and trying to get that which somebody else has, not only resulted in failure to get what someone else has, but got Adam and Eve banished from what they had. Because when you want that which is not yours, you put at risk that which is. God forbid. And all of us, all of us, unless you are a righteous person par excellence, are guilty of this. That's called human nature because we were born in a competitive state. You have to unlearn things to get to this level. Now, forget the spirituality of it for a second. Forget the spiritual laws. Let's just talk about practicality. This is why. Because in order to make your life great, it requires a lot of energy. In order to make what we have the best that it can be, it requires a lot of effort. And when we focus on the things that we don't have, we are now putting our energy into something that we can't control, which then zaps the energy. Right? Picture energy like, like water. If you put water into a cup and the cup has a bottom, at some point it overflows, if you will, and it can recirculate into the, into the vessel. Give her like watch, uh, like a, a pond 
with a little waterfall. You know what I'm talking about? With like, it has like a water thing shooting up. Like go to this, you know, you go to like a hotel and in front, there's like this waterfall thing. And then there's like a, you know, a, a shooting, the, the water shoots up and it falls into this cascading, you know, pond and it never ends. It's because the water is constantly in use in one vessel. The water shoots up into the air and lands into this pond. And then it goes down on the waterfall and then it hits the bottom and then it gets circulated to the top. And then when it rains, it only adds water. But because the vessel is strong, the water doesn't go to waste. The water is used and circulated and circulated. And when more comes in, it gets larger and larger and it's used and it's circulated. But if you go to a drain, it shoots up in the air, that water, if it lands in a drain, it disappears forever. When you put your energy into something that you can't control, like someone else's life, and it's to you can't project someone else's life, so it's not even like a true, accurate representation of someone's life. You're only picking apart the things that are relevant to you that you don't have. So you see someone's net worth and you go, I wish I had that net worth, but you're not even seeing the person's life. You don't know what his background was or what his relationship with his wife is or, or the kids or you don't know any of that stuff. You don't even know if he sleeps all at night. I know people that have net worths that are much larger than most people that don't sleep well at night at all. I don't know if you, if a regular person would want to shift places with them. They have never have a good night's sleep ever. There's too much always at risk. But when you see somebody else, you don't really know the full picture. You just only know the one thing that you want that they have and you cherry pick it and look at it. And you don't even, you don't even know from their perspective. You don't know from your perspective. So the water, the energy, if you will, that you have is going down the drain. So it's not a question. There is spiritual laws involved. But the more you desire what someone else has, practically, the more you take your limited source of energy, if you will, even though it's unlimited, and you are allowing it to be focused on the thing that's only going to block it because you can't, it's always going to go to waste. The time and the energy that you're going to invest in somebody else's something. It'll just drain, it'll just drain. And if you get that thing, you get it in a drained way. The person that you know that is so motivated to accomplish because he wants to beat the guy next to him, when he does accomplish, it's an, he's drained. She's drained when she walks into the room and she feels like she won and she beat somebody else out. She doesn't walk around, walk around the room and feel amazing. She feels drained because the energy is being put into something else that you can't control. It isn't, that doesn't belong to you. But when we look around at the things that are the vessels of which, which we should invest our energy, that's that which was given to us. Those things that we should be doing as you invest your energy into it, the energy comes back and creates a compounding effect. You feel good at the end of the day. 
And then the energy circulates and circulates and circulates. You don't look at your child and say, why can't you be more like someone else's child? That doesn't do anything. That just drains you. And there are, this happens all the time. And when that kid gets pushed to play that sport or to do that academic thing or to be in that school or to, or to drive or to dress, when you push that which is yours to fit into that which isn't, you don't have that them, but you don't have your kid either. Because your kid's not the, your kid. Your kid has a carbon copy of someone else's kid. But since he's not someone else's kid, he's not, he's not, the, he's not the authentic copy. So he's not that valuable. And the energy that you invested in this child, because you invested in this child to be somebody else, it doesn't come back to you. There's a feeling that you have that he's not being as successful and he feels it and you feel it, it doesn't go. But when you look at a kid and go, I want you to be the best you. And I got to invest my energy into being the best you, regardless of what that person does or that person says, or that school says. You take the time. Again, we're all guilty of this. In different measures. When you take the time to understand your own child or your own spouse or your own friend or your own self with the intention of I want to be the best me and I want to put my resources into that. Not I want to do the job that everyone else does because that's the, that's the job that's considered to be important by the group around me. Not I want to have what someone else has. How many times has this happened to you in your life? Where you have something that feels fine until you see someone else has something. And the thing that you have feels less fine. How, why is that? Because the energy is being blocked. You want that which isn't yours. So then you lose or you risk losing that which is. So now the kid that God gave us, the spouse, I'm saying this, we're all guilty of this. The life, the talents, the history, the challenges that God gave us, as opposed to making the best out of that and putting all of our energy into that and having a life that would make us overwhelmed with joy, we now want someone else's life. So we risk even losing the things that, that are ours, God forbid. This is a game of energy. And power to the game of energy is knowing where to place it. It's being very discerning as to why I do what it, and by the way, even if you don't change, it's okay. Just be aware of it. It's okay. I'm, who am I to judge? I'm a nobody. I'm saying it's one thing to be like above it all. But at least be honest. The reason why you want that is because everyone else has it. The reason why you want to do that is because everyone else is doing it. 
The reason why you want to buy that because everyone else has it. The reason why you're driving your kid to do that is because the other kids are doing that. The reason why you're driving yourself to say those things or to do those things is because that's what everyone else is doing. And that's, and by the way, you could be an adult and do that too. For those who are watching that are, that are younger, don't think this is only for you. Do me a favor. There are people in, in their eighties still doing this. Maybe not the eighties. I think by eighties, you're already like, you know what? Forget it. Seventies, sixties. For sure, 40s and 50s. What's everyone else doing? I got to do that too. You can look at someone that has a lot of stuff. Whose energy is basically in the drain. Whose life force. Whose purpose. Whose spirituality has been flushed away. Under the banner of competition. No one's told them that competition is okay when you're eight. The real pros, they're above competition. They're not playing against the guy next to them. They're playing against themselves. No one's told them that. That competition is okay when you're in high school, but when you get to be an adult, it looks like you're competing against somebody else, but you're not. You're competing against yourself, and you're driving yourself to be the best you. It's in the context of a game. It's in the context maybe of a, of a business, but you're not trying. That's the difference if you ever watch professional sports between the best. The best athletes aren't like trash talking. And if they are, it's part of the mind game. They don't actually really need someone else's face to be in the dirt. It's a game. They're trying to be the best them. They're trying to be the best version of themselves in the context of their sport. Life is a game of trying to be the best version of ourselves in our sport called our custom built life. And all of us, even if it doesn't feel like it, have been placed in our own garden of Eden. And God says, La'avda ulishamra, which means to work and to guard. Go do it. Go work it. Make it great. You got this. And if we allow our eyes to go look for the forbidden fruit, we run the risk, God forbid, of even losing that. God forbid. You know, they say that at the end of at each week when the Torah portion is being read, that energy comes into the world, so to speak. So regardless if you're Jewish or not, whether you're going to hear the Torah portion or you won't, doesn't matter. It's coming into the world. Capitalize. Let's take, let's take a moment this weekend. At least have a moment of truth with ourselves to take, make a resolution for the year. Let's take it down a notch. Let's, let's train ourselves to look at what we do have and to make that great. To put our energy where it belongs. And if we do it for 5% more, it's a big win. It's five more percent than we had last year. Maybe it's going to make a lot of difference in the life of a kid or a patient or a spouse or a friend or a parent or maybe even yourself. All right, everybody, have an amazing weekend. With God's help, we cannot wait to see you again next week. Have a great weekend.